live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMBP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Walking Abdallah, on till late, six to eight weeknights, right here on ESPN 1000. Today at Bears practice, Justin Fields was listed as limited today in practice. Now, they didn't really practice. It was more of a walkthrough. It's it's the short week uh, thing. Thursday, the Bears will host the Panthers. Thursday night football. Justin Fields, though, if they were to have practiced, would have been limited today. And Abdallah, it seems as, as if we are going to get another Tyson Bajan start on Thursday night against the Panthers unless tomorrow they they change the limited designation for Justin Fields. I doubt that he would play after being limited for multiple days, but he hasn't taken a step back. He's been limited now for the last three practices the Bears have held. Yeah, and this is going to be like the same sort of situation you and I were talking on the uh, pre-pregame show on Sunday where why would you like, is there a situation where they make him active, but he's the, like, backup to Bajan just in case, right? I don't think you can do that again. Like, they didn't do that on Sunday. He was inactive. I don't think if he's healthy enough, you make him inactive. And, you know, Nathan Peterman is the backup to Bajan. I mean, at this point, I'm, I honestly don't think it matters, whether or not he plays. You have enough tape on Justin Fields to make your decision. I don't think that they're going to have him play seven or eight games, eight if he plays this weekend, seven if he, or eight on t- Thursday, seven if he doesn't, to make a decision, right? Like, you kind of know what Justin Fields is. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be off the team next year. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a part of the Bears franchise. It's just that you know you're going to draft a quarterback high in the first round, and then you either have you have a competition, or if someone makes you an offer for him, then you trade him, right? Um, I don't think there's any benefit for him to go out there not fully healthy, right? You need to know if, you, if that hand can withstand being hit, because he hasn't been hit yet. They haven't had a re- he hasn't had a real practice. The few practices he's been involved in was a Friday practice before a game, which is him just kind of throwing, like there's not anything real going on. And then these limited walkthroughs. Yeah. Like they're, and, and you know, they're just going to have like a small practice tomorrow, which isn't like just helmets are on, kind of like what they did on Friday, where just helmets are on and they're just kind of throwing, going through the game plan a little bit, but no hitting, nothing real. You're not going to get real hitting really until next week uh, when they go back to practice and start preparing for the Lions. But if he can uh, improve the grip strength, he's got to play. Like, I don't need him to have a full aggressive practice to then say, okay, now you can go play. You're a football player. If you have improved to the point where there's no pain in it anymore and you just know you're going to be suboptimal as far as, like, you won't be 100%, it's just something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of the way, I think he plays. I, I think he still has something to prove. There is a chance that he could come out and play well for the rest of the year, and then we have to change our opinion on whether or not he's a guy for the future. Is that likely to take place? I doubt it. I think what we've seen to this point is each week that passes, 
that he plays, we start to get more data that, that suggests that Justin Fields is not going to be the guy for the long term for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. But for his sake, going out there, now, he wouldn't want to go out there before he's healthy. Uh, but I do think he's a player that wants to help his team. And this team, quite frankly, needs a win. Yeah. And, and it's not like I know some fans may be sitting around saying, you know, I'm ready for April. I'm ready for the NFL draft. That, that's not no. going to work. This is a must win game. They got to win this game and they got to find a way to piece together some some positive momentum for the future for for this team, for the coaching staff, for some of these players. Like, that's where I think uh, the idea that they should just tank for the top draft pick. Like, listen, beat the Panthers. That's your top draft pick. Mm-hmm. The Panthers being bad is going to get you that top draft pick if you need to use it on a quarterback. Everything else should be focused on winning and winning in the future. And this team is in a spot where they need to win because of what the coaching staff is facing. Mm-hmm. If this coaching staff only wins four games, five games this season, they're going to be out. Yeah, You know, look at another team in the division. Minnesota has certainly be, been dealt a, I almost said, a, I almost swear, a crappy hand. Mm-hmm. They've been dealt a really bad hand in this season. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson has been injured for how many weeks? Over a month now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Best wide receiver in the game. He's been out. Kirk Cousins was playing insane. Is out for the season. Yeah. And what do they do? They find a way to coach up their group and win a football game on Sunday against the Falcons. That was impressive, what that happened there. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this. If you look at the standings, Minnesota's won four games in a row, Mm -hmm. including a game where they beat the 49ers. Yep. That's a coaching staff. Well, it's a good defense. It's a coaching staff that's getting it done. Yeah. That's my point, is this team needs to find a way to put together some wins. Yeah, this no, this is a uh, That's what that's what needs to happen over the course of the next month or so. And I know it's gonna be tough. You have the Lions twice, you have Minnesota. Uh that's why it has to start on Thursday night. This is a must win game. Must win. Absolutely must win game for the Bears. You have to win this game. I don't care who's a quarterback. There's no excuses. This is the worst team in the NFL. I understand that the Cardinals are technically the number one worst team in the NFL because they have one more loss because the Panthers had a bye and the, the Cardinals haven't had one yet. I get that. But this is the worst team in the NFL. You saw Bryce Young throw three interceptions. There are just as many interceptions as Bajan did. Bryce Young was the first pick in the NFL. Bajan was, a D2, was playing D2 football last year. Bryce Young was trying to lead Alabama to a national championship game. Ultimately didn't get there, but still. like He was playing elite football through three interceptions last week. Like you, ha- There's too many guys on this team. I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it again. There's too many guys on this team that are going to be around next year. You've got Montez Sweat, who just came in. You've got half the three-quarters of the offensive line that's going to be here next year. You've got DJ Moore. You've got you know guys that want to get paid, like Jalen Johnson, right? That want to be out there. TJ Edwards. I know Tremaine Edmonds isn't going to be out there. He's, he didn't practice today. He's more than likely going to be out again. But there's too many guys out there that need to have good games for you to lose this game. You need, you need this number one pick. So the only way to get that, I don't care if it hurts your record because your pick is whatever it is. The Panthers have a real shot at getting the number one pick. And the only way you help that is by beating them. Like You have to win this game. This organization is supposed to be, we talked about it on Sunday, Chris, is the Bears organization, is this rebuild on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule? If you lose to the Panthers, 
the most behind schedule possible. Well, I think I think at this point they are behind. Like this uh, is a uh, uh, one of those shows where they do a fixer upper and you've got termites in the basement now and you've got to redo the whole foundation. Like if they lose to the Panthers, that's that is rock bottom. I would say being two and seven in year two of the rebuild, I think you're behind schedule. Oh, they're behind schedule. But if you lose to the Panthers, you're farther behind than I think all of us thought. Because last year, we hung our hat on the reason that this team would be able to turn it around would be, one, the play of the quarterback was supposed to be improved in Justin Fields, and it's not. And two is they lost seven one-score games last year. Their losses this year are by 18 to Green Bay, 10 to Tampa Bay, 31 to Kansas City, uh, and then they've had a couple... Then uh, They lost by 17 points to New Orleans, or to uh, the Chargers, and then a touchdown to New Orleans. They've had a couple close games. They look, they're losing games by a bigger margin this year than they did last year. That's... A step back. Well, then that's why I'm saying they're behind schedule. Look at another team in the league that is in a quote rebuild. New head coach, new quarterback. Supposed to be bad. The Houston Texans are four and four mm-hmm. with a looks to be stud quarterback who just threw for the most rookie yardage in a game and what four touchdowns to go along with it, including a touchdown at the end of the game on a drive where your team's losing, yeah. you drive down the field, score a touchdown, you take the win, you snatch that win out of the jaws of defeat. I mean, the Houston Texans are a team that are playing for their coach, and they're making progress. They're making forward progress. Mm-hmm. The Bears are not doing that. And I think that's why you say that they're behind schedule at this point in the rebuild. Don't give me they don't have enough talent. Oh, they got to still go out and get this, that, and the other. Everyone's doing that. Yeah. It's the NFL. You don't sit on the bottom of the pool forever. You hit the bottom and you spring back up. You're supposed to. If we look at the uh, the rest of the injuries on the injury report today, Jaquan Brisker, also full participation again today from the concussion. Seems like he will be good to go for Thursday. Jermaine Edmonds, like Abdallah said, did not practice today. Justin Fields, limited in action today. Khalil Herbert, his ankle injury. He was a full participant today. Cole Komet with his knee was a full participant today. EQ St. Brown was a full participant today. Tyreek Stevenson with an ankle, full participant. So really, uh, the the ones to watch as we head into tomorrow would be Justin Fields. And then that's essentially it, right? Like Tremaine Edmonds, I'm guessing that designation won't change tomorrow. He probably will be out. He's not going to play, and then hopefully he's got 10 days to get that knee right and be back against the uh, Lions. Outside of that, everyone else on the uh, injury report, it seems like those who practice today will play on Thursday against the Panthers, and we'll keep our eyes on Justin Fields. And if Fields can't go, we will get, uh, once again, like Philly and McHenry uh, suggested, we will get the uh, baguette. Philly and McHenry on ESPN 1000. All right, Philly. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Cap. Uh, What's up, man? Hey, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I've been, I've been pro Justin Fields for as long as he's been a bear. I'm a big Ohio State guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. This baguette guy, this backup quarterback. Bajit. Bajit. Repeat after me. Tyler Bajit. He's not a baguette. Tyson. Jonathan's laugh during that is is the absolute it's just best. So guy, this baguette guy. Nick in Orland Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nick? Hi, Nick. Hey. 
I had a question to Abdullah. Hello? Nick? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Nick. You're on the air. You're on the radio, Nick. Yeah, I just have a problem with you, Abdullah. Yeah, who doesn't? No, I mean, you're just writing off Justin Fields. Based on what? <laughs> Based on 35 games. Have you watched well, him Have you watched him play football? Listen, man, I'm a die-hard Bears fan. I'm 53 years old, and I don't think you're being fair to Justin. Do you count last year as a, yeah. as a season yeah. for Justin Fields? Yeah. With no defense, with yeah. no offensive line? Uh-huh. Yeah, he played last year. Yeah, he played last Did he play football last year? Play, played with who? With who? Okay. How about this? How about how about this year? How about him in the Green Bay game or the Tampa game or the Kansas City oh, game? Okay, thank thank you for mentioning Green Bay. How how, how does Green Bay look right now after the stupid uh, Blake Collins for Mister Getty? Yeah, but they they beat well, the they well, beat the Bears well, thirty eight. They they you're making Nick. You're making my like point that. for me. Listen, Habibi, you're making my point for me. Okay, they well, should have beat Green Bay. They lost by eighteen. You have you have a stinky, you know. I don't want to say defense. You have no defense, okay. and you have and you have another naggy in Jesse Colin Blaze that doesn't work. Okay. Oh, check, 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 and you guys chewing him for checking, checking, checking. He's been Justin Fields has been sacked twenty four times and he's thrown six interceptions. Which one of one was your favorite? You have you can't you can't you can't base that on Justin Fields. You yes, have you no can. offensive line. No, you can't. They have a good offensive line. What are you talking about? Their offensive line has been fine this year. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The first the first four games they were fine. Thank you. Yeah, they were. He, he's the he's the one who lost the Denver game, right? He looked awful he, in Washington, right? He no, he, he's, he's the one he's who absolutely with, Nick. He's absolutely the one that lost the Denver game. He threw an interception and he fumbled the ball that no, resulted in a no, touchdown. He, he, he played enough well to win that game. Okay, sure. Come on, g- give me give me a quarterback that has a perfect you know rate in every game. One. Oh, I I can name quarterbacks that don't cost to cost their teams games. What, what do you What do you think of Justin Herbert? He doesn't cost his team games. I'm asking you, what do you think of him? I just told you what I think of him, Nick. Are you listening? He, he looked awful yesterday. Is that because of what? Let me ch- hold on. Let me let me check the score yesterday uh, did you, real did quick. You watch hold the on. Game yesterday? Yeah, I did. Did you watch yesterday? I did watch Monday the, Night Football. I did. Big time yeah, spot. They, yeah, they won twenty-seven to six. But how do you look? Uh, let's see. Uh, he looked fine. He looked fine. He had, he did did he did he have any turnovers? Did he have any turnovers? I mean, you know, uh, you, people like you in the media, I think they're the one who's ruined Chicago Bears football. Oh, I okay. agree, Nick. People it's like Abdullah, they have ruined exactly, Chicago Bears exactly. football. You, you know why? Because <laughs> you, 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 want, you want this guy out, and instead of looking at the big picture yeah. and bringing good offensive you know, coaches that could, you know, coach those players. Oh, yeah? And, yeah. and if you look at next year, we'll have two first-round <laughs> draft picks that we could build around the team that we need. We have a good, I'm not saying a great quarterback, but a good quarterback that could be great one day. And you're going to regret it. People like okay. you. People like you. People yeah. like you, okay. Yeah, people like me. What yeah. do you mean people like me, Nick? Then you're writing people off for last season. I don't care what you say. It doesn't count. It does count. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. You, they brought they brought a defensive coach that doesn't know anything about offense and obviously nothing about defense okay. until the last couple of games. Okay. Basically. Okay. How are you gonna call, 
How are you gonna call Justin Fields? Okay. Did you did you watch the games this year? Yeah, man. I'm a listen. I I, I don't even flip on commercial. Oh, that's I'm great. I'm a diehard Bears fan. He doesn't flip on commercials, Chris. Diehard Bears fan. People Die like you Bears are ruining fan. the team. Yeah. No, I just hate. I just hate when people write people off, man. This kid is great. Well, I mean, Nick, Nick, it sounds like you're writing off the coaching staff to me. Oh, I am. I am. Uh, I best. hate people that write people off, though. No. No. Ah, no. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> no, you didn't get me. <laughs> I gotcha. No. Listen, Habibi, it's okay. You don't have to be that mad. No, I, I, I am mad because I think we have a golden opportunity, especially if we keep field <laughs> and get some, some nice draft picks this year. Uh, I think the Bears on the right track to be somewhere great. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate the call. Right, call back anytime. Love your phone call. That was great. People like yeah. you, Abdal, you're ruining Chicago Bears football. It's really people like you. No, people like me. I'm, I'm just sitting here. I no, mean, it's people like you. People like you, though. You're ruining Chicago Bears football. Yeah, well. I agree with that. People think, like uh, you. You're hating on Bajant the other day. Now you're hating on Fields. Yeah, how'd you how'd you like Bajant on uh, on Sunday, Chris? Well, first half went well. And then? Uh, not so well. You not still, so great. You still want to see more? No, I'm good. You still want to see more? He's a backup. I need to see more Bajant. I did I before. Was, I was the bad guy for, for being like, nah, I know what he is. I'm satiated I was the bad now. guy. I don't need any more. Yeah, you've had I'm enough good. bread? Yeah. Okay. See, that's a great call, though. Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter. At Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. I did want to mention to you quickly, uh, the Bulls had a nice win last night. We haven't said that many times at the start of this season. The Bulls are now 3-5 and five on the year. They beat the Jazz yesterday 130-113. to 113. I asked you at the start of the uh, Bulls season, how long can the Bulls stay above 500? Last year, they couldn't even make it a month. Could the Bulls do that this year? Looks like they they have gotten off to a tough start. Three and five, but they beat the Jazz. The Jazz have been bad to start this season. I know that they were a surprise team last year. But last night, the Bulls played a game the way they were supposed to. Beat a bad team, have it in hand by the end of the game, no sweat. You win the game by over 15. Like that, that, That's the way to do it against a bad Utah Jazz team. So congrats to the Bulls. They get a nice win. How long can they stay ahead of 500? Well, they're behind 500. Can they yeah, get can back? They get, the question is, can, can they, they get can, to 500? Can they get back to even? On Wednesday, they will face off against the Suns, and the Suns will have Bradley Beal in the lineup for the, for the first time this season. So uh, the Suns have also struggled to start the season, but they have firepower. Kevin Durant... Devin Booker and Bradley Beal will be in the mix uh, when he faces off against the Bulls. Yeah, I just think that it's uh, it's not surprising, right? Like some of the results are a little bit surprising, but the overall record to me, I you know they don't they didn't add anything. Like knowing that this team was going to start to struggle, like was something that I think everybody should have seen, including the front office. Like you should have seen this coming. Just because you attempt more threes doesn't mean you're going to make more threes, right? Like they've been attempting. 
more threes, but they're still towards the bottom of the league in attempted threes. So they've kind of abandoned that uh, that they were doing in the preseason where they were attempting a bunch of threes. It just seems like they're kind of running in place and biding time. I mean, right now, if you look at basketball references uh, projections, they're, they're projected to finish at the, in the bottom of the East, like the, like the bottom, like the worst team in the East. And so I think you're going to get to a point here where AK and Mark Eversley are going to have some tough decisions to make about some of these players moving forward before the trade deadline. Oh, that's definitely on the horizon. That, that's what's next for this group because we have now been proven over time that Zach Levine, Tamar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic, that this three-pack of, quote, stars mm-hmm. to lead a team, it's just not getting it done. And, and I think what is starting to be very obvious to people is as you start this season with those three and not making any moves to come back this season, is that that group is not getting better. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, each, as time passes... They're progressively getting worse offensively, worse defensively, and they're not winning the games that they were winning when this group was originally pieced together. And we thought that they had a cohesive unit and a a good like three-pack of stars that could kind of get you there. Uh, They're now at the point where they are proving to us that they can't do it and that you're right. When we get to the trade deadline, I mean, heck, it might happen sooner than later. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that they've started off this slowly for this season – only leads you to believe that like things last year didn't progressively get better until the very end. Yeah. And that's what AK was like pumping up at the end of the season. It was how good their their finish. What was it like fourteen and fourteen and twelve or something that he kept quoting after the trade deadline last mm-hmm. year. But like, you know, coming up on Wednesday, you have Phoenix, and then next week you have Monday, you have Milwaukee, you face Orlando twice, and then Miami twice. Orlando's gotten off to a pretty decent start this season. Miami was in the finals last year. You know, like this Bulls team is up against it and they had to get off to a a hot start and they didn't do that. And like Adam was kind of saying, bringing back the same group, you don't see really a difference in the style of play or or the way that they're actively playing throughout these games. Yeah, shooting a couple more threes, they don't make them though. Everything else looks exactly the same to what we saw last year. I'm told that Zach Levine's some incredible superstar, though. So yeah, you know he's going to take him to the to the next level, which he won't. How's that working out? It hasn't happened. No, it's not going to because he's just a he's just a guy. Randy in Seattle, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's Randy. up, Randy? Long time no talk. We talked this morning. <laughs> it has been Adam. All of uh, something less than twelve hours. Yeah. Um, I, your last caller, I, I, I love that guy because. I've been wondering for the longest time what's ruining the Bears, and I found out it's Adam Abdallah. Yeah, when you're watching the Bears game on Thursday night and they're they're losing to the Panthers, remember it's my fault. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was concluding from the conversation. Yeah. Um, last, uh, going to bring up something else uh, briefly. You guys asked a great question in the Sunday on the pre 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 game show. Is that it? I think yes, I got four, that right. four a.m. Yep, yep. Yeah, four a.m. Yeah, get up early. Yeah, yeah. And the the question was: Are the Bears ahead, behind, or on schedule in their yep. rebuild? Mm-hmm. And you guys individually both felt that they were behind schedule. I disagree, and the reason I disagree and. I think you guys know that I'm kind of a Ryan Poles fan because I like what he's done. Mm-hmm. But when you consider what he inherited from Ryan Pace, the overpaid 
talent they had on the team that they had to get rid of, the lack of salary cap space, the dearth of draft picks that they weren't going to have any till about the year 2047. Um, and what he's done, and remember, and Justin Fields was not his quarterback. I don't care about that. But much of the Bears' improvement would have been tied into the growth and production of Justin Fields as well as everything else. I think we've got a much better roster this year's games notwithstanding. You illustrated the difference in the scoring differential in, in the Bears games this year. Yeah, no, it's not been a good season. But I think when you look at where the Bears are situated right now, from uh, salary cap space, from the quality of the players on the team, which I think we have a lot of good football players, with uh, the draft picks we've got coming up and the ability to maneuver and sign free agents because we have salary cap space and do whatever we want, I think that the Bears are – I'm going to put them ahead of schedule. I take the opposite side of the spectrum. Oh, ahead of schedule. They're two and seven, Randy. I do. On record notwithstanding, I do, guys. Okay. Got you down. Thanks for the call, Randy. Thanks for always listening. We appreciate appreciate you. All right, boys. Take care. There's Randy in Seattle. Reggie in Richmond listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Reggie? Hello. Why y'all so much hating on fields, man? When did did the dude do that was so great these past few games that he played? What's up? When did... uh, Bajan do that was so great that Fields hasn't done. No one said he, no one said Bajan did anything good. Yes, y'all have y'all y'all praising him and dogging Fields. No, nope, you're listening to the wrong show, Reggie. <laughs> Who's praising Bajan and dogging Fields? Y'all y'all do this all the time. I listen to you you guys all the time, man. That's all y'all do is dog Fields. <laughs> we wrong. do. Wrong show, Reggie. Yes, We've been the biggest yes, Justin Fields supporters for the last three years, I man. think we're the last ones in the city supporting yeah. him, saying that he was going to be a star. You're listening to the wrong show, man. I'm listening to you're you. On a, you're you on guys. a few-hour delay. I'm listening to, to you guys. All right. Yeah, the, the subject of your call says we're haters on all Chicago teams. Is that mm-hmm. how you feel, Reggie? Yes, I do. Okay. Who, who, do you, uh, who, who are we hating on other than Fields? You hate you hate it on Tim Anderson. Nope. You hate you hate on Zach Anderson. We haven't talked about Tim Anderson. I don't think I've talked White Sox baseball. Yeah, in we haven't probably seven. We months. haven't talked about Tim Anderson since the baseball season started. In fact, the season was going on and we weren't talking baseball. On That's how I know you're listening to the wrong show, Reggie. We were talking football. Uh, in this you listen to a podcast, Reggie? You calling a podcast? <laughs> no, I ain't calling no podcast. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Abdallah, the last two days here at ESPN 1000, you and I have filled in on the Chicago Bears podcast. You can check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. You can also find it on YouTube. It's right there on the ESPN Chicago page. Uh, Yesterday, we talked to Lance Briggs, so check it out on the podcast page. Talked to Lance about the Bears losing to the Saints. And today, we had a chance to talk with Courtney Cronin from ESPN 1000 ESPN Television. 
And we started off our conversation on the Bear Down on the Chicago Bears podcast, getting Courtney's reaction to today's injury report from Bears practice. Yeah, so Cole Komet was out. They're still doing walkthroughs. So it's walkthrough Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday will be the only practice they do. And the reason I kind of use air quotes is because they're in helmets. It's it's more or less a walkthrough not necessarily walk through speed but it's kind of like that because you got there's no you know they're not in pads there's not much that they can do as far as getting the full effect in through the week on a short week but the injury report that we saw today which is an estimation Justin Fields still limited with the thumb I think that's the way that they're going to designate him uh throughout you know tomorrow as well but Cole Komet was upgraded from DNP with a knee injury on Monday and then was listed in the estimation report today as full so that's a good one uh to keep an eye on certainly get something popped up during the game in New Orleans uh afterwards that he that the medical staff felt he needed to be put on there with a the designation but other than that I mean, it's pretty much been the same. The three guys that were designated to return from IR, Khalil Herbert, EQ St. Brown, and Josh Blackwell, they're all full. Um, and, you know, everybody else that's, that's on there and a lot of the DNPs remain the same DNPs that we had seen now for a couple weeks. If you had to guess, reading between the lines of what you've heard from Getze and from Eberflus and other players, who do you think is going to start Thursday night? The smart thing here is to start Tyson Bajan. Give him his four straight start. Do not rush Justin Fields back because they're not actually practicing in full this week. So how are we going to know? If he falls and falls on that hand, if that's the first time that happens, we have no clue. The coaching staff has no clue how he's going to be able to brace himself and prevent himself from re-injuring it. So you, you just don't take chances with a guy like that who – you know, last week when we talked to him on Friday, I asked him about that grip strength and he said it wasn't all the way there just yet and that he was still feeling pain when he was trying to grip the football. So all these days later, how much more improved is that? Maybe we hear from Justin Fields and he talks about that tomorrow. But I just think if you're going to be playing this thing safe, you want to get an evaluation. If you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, however many games left Justin Fields has uh, once he's able to return. So if it's not this week, then you have a seven game sample size after that, like you just don't want to risk getting him out there and not having him be full strength because you don't only not get a full evaluation, you're getting like you're getting play. That's not reflective necessarily of what Justin Fields is like when he's healthy, but you also put him at the risk of getting re-injured because teams are obviously going to be going for that thumb and trying to hit him. And, you know, we know that he's somebody who tends to hang back in the pocket and hold on to the ball a little longer, maybe than coaches would like. So he puts himself in harm's way. If he goes back, and it's not completely healthy. And for him, he does himself no no service by doing that because let's say this thing pans out and the Bears are like, thanks, but we're going to move on in 2024. If he's going to get traded somewhere else, don't you think he's going to want to have good tape out there of him at his best or at least his healthiest, however healthy he can be here the remaining two months of the regular season? Like, he, he's not he's not really in any position right now with a team that's 2-7 and seven to go rush himself back out there because it's not like there's a playoff berth on the line. Like, you know, he doesn't have there's, – there's literally nothing hanging for him in the balance of going back this Thursday versus giving himself the other 10 days beyond Thursday before that game in Detroit in uh, Week 11. Courtney, how likely is it to you that Justin does return uh, in the next couple of weeks and plays really well to the point – that Bears fans and all of us in the media kind of look at him as the franchise quarterback going forward. How likely is that? 
It depends. Like we've seen changes within this offense. I think you saw a more creative Luke Getze in terms of the plays that he's been able to call with Tyson Bajan under center versus Justin Fields. And that's not necessarily saying that Tyson Bajan's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. It just looks different with one quarterback in versus another one who has not been playing. And when Fields comes back, I, I personally think it's going to be next Sunday against Detroit. I don't believe that there's any reason to risk it. And this team, knowing it's not practicing in full this week, it, you know, give the guy as much time as he can because you didn't have to put him on injured reserve. He didn't have to have surgery. But to be 20-some days removed from dislocating your right thumb and knowing how pertinent it is for somebody who has had the turnover issues. Like, why are you going to risk somebody who, who – right now is still trying to figure out how to grip the ball. Like you don't want to put yourself at any risk for strip sacks and fumbling the ball. So giving him an extra week, I think helps. And the type of Justin Fields you see coming back, that there's going to be a number of different areas that this team is going to zero in on to know if they like have the guy at quarterback for next year, whether they're going to have to move on. I think the first place you, you start naturally is seeing if those sack numbers stay where they're at right now. Tyson Bajant's taken about one a game, which is fine. Justin Fields in his last game took four. Um, and he's been taking multiple sacks every game. So if those sack numbers go back up, then that's something that I think you have to consider. And also those end-of-half uh, two-minute drill situations and kind of how low his success rate has been in those, in those moments. I know the Bears are looking at that saying, okay, when he comes back, can he – can there not be turnovers in those situations? Can the fourth quarter be clean the way that it was in that game against Washington versus the way that it the way it was the you know the week before against Denver when he had had three great quarters and then it was just a monumental collapse in the fourth quarter? That's what they're going to be judging Justin Fields on, and we won't know if he's able to do any of that until we can see how he can throw the football, which right now, I mean, he's got the glove on as far as we know from practice, and we'll get a chance to actually be out there tomorrow to see what that looks like, what his, you know, is he limited in what he, in the type of throws that he can make something Luke Getty said that, you know, they're kind of working on through the week, trying to figure out what they can put, like, you know, keep in the playbook and take out if he is to play this week. What's the game plan going to look like for Tyson Bajan? Is it going to be something that we saw similar to the Raiders game where it's like, Hey, we're just going to run the crap out of the ball. Have you throw, you know, not very far beyond the line of scrimmage, or are they going to try to force the issue issue? Because this is kind of a must win game. Like you want to bury the Panthers as much as possible and try to keep them with as few wins as you can. Yeah. It's so important for draft positioning. Just like the irony of that, that, you know, if you had Justin Fields come back just for this game, say, okay, go beat Carolina to increase the value of that draft pick, which we may use to um, to re- find your replacement next year. Just the thought of that's wild in its own right. We all have a little bit of good irony. But I I think people were like, the quote. did you guys see the quote from Luke Getze today about what he said, how like he didn't anticipate really any changes, like one game yeah. plan versus the other? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I know people are freaking out about that. A, that's gamesmanship. He's not going to tell you, yeah, it's going to look totally different for like Justin Fields versus what we're going to do for Tyson Bajan. But obviously they're two very different quarterbacks. Now we know that teams like to have backups that typically mirror the skill set of the starting quarterback. But, you know, outside of those scrambles we saw from Tyson Bajan, against new Orleans. That wasn't, that's not really typically a big part of his game. He's said it himself. He's not a dual threat guy, but I, I think you can find elements that are not the fourth quarter of the saints game. 
where he's being contained into the pocket and forced to win from the pocket, which forces him to make decisions that he wants back. I mean, he said that there were plays that he felt like he was forcing in there. And, you know, when you don't have the arm strength necessarily to make every single throw and that your pace on every single throw is not the same. That's how that Tyler, that ball gets thrown where it did when Tyler Scott was his intended receiver and that's intercepted. And then the one for Mooney was behind him. Like I don't, They don't want those things to happen, but if you can lean on the run game the way that they did against the Saints, I think that was like the Saint the 156 yards, like the second highest the Saints rushing um, defense had given up this year. Like you do that against a Carolina defense that probably doesn't have Brian Burns up front this week. Leaning on those bits of the game plan that worked from three really good quarters of this offense, more or less, in New Orleans. And also, like, having Tyson Bajan get those quick throws, the screens, the slants, the hitches, like, utilizing DJ Moore in those situations, utilizing Mooney coming off of, you know, the best game that he's had this season. There's a path here against a very bad Carolina team for the Bears to win, and they're at home, and I would not be shocked if that's what they end up doing with Tyson Bajan under center. What was your first impression of Montez Sweat in this Bears defense from Sunday against the Saints? Yeah, I um, you know, he, he didn't stuff the stat sheet. I know there were a lot of people who seemed to be disappointed that this wasn't the Khalil Mack Green Bay Packers 2018 debut, but the guy A just got here and B like you know, it also requires having other players to, you know, get home on their rushes uh to make sure that your job can be as effective as it is and he was generating a lot of pressure. He had a team high 25 I think it was 25 25% pressure rate. Um, on on his pass rushes, which is, you know, it's a good sign that things are going in the right direction. So I take a look at this, and I think that the Bears are, you know, certainly happy right now that they got the deal done with Montez Sweat. They were able to pull this move off because just like Ryan Poles did for the offense with DJ Moore, he felt he had to go get that sort of game-changing player to add to the defense to get a better evaluation up front because – you know, he's been, they piecemealed this thing together. They did spend, Unique and Gakway came here, you know, $10 million guaranteed on a one-year contract. They brought in Marcus Walker. They drafted the rookies, um, and they really haven't played them much. But, like, they've done a lot. It's not like they, like, sat on their hands and did nothing this offseason, but none of those moves have panned out. So you caught a glimpse. Like, it wasn't like this, like, breathtaking debut that you're, you know, you're going to be talking about, the way that we did with that Khalil Mack debut four or five years ago now, but it's still significant because I think it kind of scratched the surface of what Montez Sweat can show you he can do once he actually gets acclimated in this defense. Will he get more snaps or because this is a short week, we should be looking to the Lions game in like 10 days or whatever it is for that, that game for him to really ramp up. Yeah. I mean, he, he played the, the same amount as unique in Gakwe. Um, this past week against the Saints. And I know the plan was to have him on third downs, have him in two minute, and then roll him in occasionally on some first and second downs. Like I thought he played a ton, ton more than I was expecting. Um, but obviously he's 27 years old. He just got paid, you know, $98 million over four years. Like they're going to play him. They're going to try to get him up to speed as quickly as possible. So it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes a more consistent um, you know, more consistent role. Maybe you end up seeing him closer to 50 snaps or 60 snaps. I know Demarcus Walker had 
Um, you know, they were going to hurry up a lot. So there were a lot of snaps out there. I don't know if Carolina is going to end up doing the same, the thing, the same way that the Saints did, but I would anticipate his load increasing pretty gradually over the next couple weeks. Courtney, yesterday the Chicago Cubs made major news by going out and hiring Craig Council as their new manager. They fired David Ross. Mm-hmm. If we flip this to football and we flip this to the Bears, say this offseason Matt Eberflus is still the head coach. Is there someone out there that could be the Bears version mm-hmm. of Craig Council that they could go out and hire to be the next head coach for the Chicago Bears? I mean, is there someone great- out there? It's a great question. Um, of course, you know, we're all keeping our eye on what's going on with the NCAA's investigation, what the Big Ten's going to do with Jim Harbaugh. His name naturally, like, even before the sign-stealing sign scandal, like when the first penalty came down, that was a level one violation for them. Like, I know a lot of people, myself included, were connecting the dots thinking that he was all but gone from Michigan. Now, like, is that going to happen here? Is it going to happen potentially with the Raiders? You know, I think it's still too early to tell, but the way that I see this with like the, the coaching staff, because again, like, what did you guys think? I want to ask, like, what did you guys think of that, of the comments from polls last week about Matt Eberflus, like the really glowing borderline over the top praise for the head coach. Do you remember that? I didn't, from, like, I didn't think it mattered. Yeah. I don't think I, it matters. I'm with I, I thought it was, it was something a GM has to kind of say. I, I think that if he said anything else, it would have created more of a distraction up there. Create a storyline. So, Another fire like for this Adam team to put out. Would, yeah, it, it didn't uh, move the meter, I guess, for us. That yeah, I, I was not. I'm in the same camp because I know a lot of people thought, oh, my goodness, this means that this is a vote of confidence for Matt Eberflus. He's going to stay here beyond the 2023 season when you might be bringing a new quarterback in. Um, why would you do that? To me, all this said is that this is the vote of confidence that even if they, if they, even if they don't win another game, Matt Eberflus is probably not getting fired in season. But when that comes to next year, like you, what you have to look at this realistically is that if you are bringing in a new quarterback, whether Justin Fields is on the roster or not, and I think – um, I think we had some, I think we had similar philosophies on this that maybe you have a quarterback competition and George, Justin Fields is involved in that competition next year because you might as well give yourself enough bites at the apple because this team has failed to develop a quarterback. Um, so why take one out just to bring another in just to start over from ground zero? Do you really want a head coach? Like, do you want this staff? And I think that's a question that they're going to have to ask themselves about who they're going to end up bringing in. Is it going to be Jim Harbaugh? Could it be a Lincoln Riley? Like, I don't know. The names right now, it feels like you just throw a bunch of them out there and see if they stick. And of course, people connect dots with offensive coaches, people who have either you know been at the college level and developed quarterbacks, people who are still out there um, who you know might be on the move, like the hot coordinator names that we hear about. But I think, I just think they've got to think about this thing holistically. Matt Eberflus may be a terrific leader, but you've got to find somebody who the developing a quarterback in this offense is a top priority. If things can sit, continue on this path and they really don't show much sign of, of improvement from a coaching standpoint. There's Courtney Cronin on the Chicago bears podcast. Buck M doll. We filled in today. We talked to Courtney yesterday with Lance Briggs. Check out the full podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah, 
Thanks to Jack McGrath and Kevin Zipak and his uh, delicious dinner tonight for producing tonight's show. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, don't forget this Friday night. We have a live show at 390 Golf in Wooddale. Black Abdal, we will be at a golf simulator. This is awesome. This is the most Black and Abdallah event that we could possibly have. Don't stand in front of me. 390 golf. It's essentially, it's an old top golf. So we're going to be there. We're going to be hitting. We're going to be making, we're taking swings, hosting yeah. the shows. It'll be yeah. a Friday night. We'll have the calls as well. But we're going to have a good time at 390 golf in Wooddale. So come on out and hang out with Black and Abdallah. Six to eight on Friday night right here on ESPN 1000. It's going to be awesome. Chad in St. Charles, we got a minute left in the show. What do you want to say, my man? Yeah, I just want to remind the listeners that you guys aren't talking bad about players or teams. You're just doing your job, which happens to be talking about bad players and teams right now. Um, best thing for the Bears this week would be is if they tie and both teams lose out and they clean house in the summertime. Uh, best thing for the Bulls and Sox would be if the Rhinestorms got caught by the IRS for tax evasion or forced to sell the team. That's all i got to say. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. There's the phone call. The good phone call. we got a minute it's left. Good if they tie. I think it's better if yeah. the Panthers lose. Right? minute left in the show. Connor in Plainfield. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Connor? How are you doing? Uh, so I wanted to talk about a coaching option for the Bears. Go ahead. Um, I was thinking about uh, Bobby Slowick from the Texans. He's their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Yeah, I've heard that he's name. 36 years old, young guy. He's from the Shanahan coaching tree, and he's turned C.J. Stroud into the runaway rookie of the year. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a name that's been out there. Thanks mm-hmm. for the phone call, Connor. I Appreciate hot, it. That'll be a hot name, and ben, I think him and Ben Johnson will be the two hottest names of the offensive coordinators, yeah. not former head coaches, not current uh, college football coaches. Th- those will be the two names. More on this tomorrow. The name that I, I the, the pie in the sky name that I would have for a Bears uh, head coach would be Sean McVay. Well, you could have waited. No, well, I'm, I'm just saying the show's over, but maybe more on tomorrow night. We could have waited for tomorrow. <laughs> Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.